Yeah, I don't know why. These people are stupid. You should pull a Britney yeah. Spears and go, it's Britain, bitch. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> That's true. They'll, they'll remember then. I used to be too embarrassed to correct them because I was embarrassed of my name, so I would just like let it ride. Were you were you were you made there? Uh, <laughs> was I made there? That's like the funniest thing. Um, no, but like ancestrally, like my mom's parents were British. Oh, it's like the the French Quebecer, French Canadian here saying they're Irish, right? Well, no. So she's like I'm she was born you. here. I'm you. It's not a real question, though. No. <laughs> I didn't even understand it, but yeah, no. So I'm ancestrally British, but not. I wasn't born there or anything. I think she just likes the word, like liked the name, but I hated it growing up. Now I'm fine with it. I, I also love the fact that I just finally understood the word incest. I understand what it means now because you said ancestrally. Oh, when you were thinking incest, I heard incest. <laughs> so, and now incest just suddenly made sense. If ancestors are from before and incest are inside the inside the, do you think that's where it genes? comes from? Like I don't the, know. Oh shit! Nice. I mean, I know the etymological question. breakdown of <laughs> incest and uh, how it works. Uh, you know, versus ancestry. Like the it cest is close. suffix is probably close. family and probably. In the notes antecedents of uh, predecessor I'm and in fully, fully is are, are we recording right now? No, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, we are. Oh, okay. yeah. We we're, we're, we're going in now. Go in. I'm gonna. Yeah, no, that yeah, has to be. That's too similar. You're right. I never thought of it, but it's true. It's probably what you said. Cest. What like sect? Maybe like. Yeah. Ooh. Cest is um, chaste. Okay. Chaste. Like chaste. Like non-sexual chaste? Not chaste. That's what incest means. Oh, chaste. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Not like chaste. Yeah. See, okay. Britain is a better name than chastity. Imagine <laughs> being a girl and your parents named you chastity. Oh, fuck, bro. Yeah, that's mean. They bas- they basically have you under lock and key and like it's potty done for you. Like you just like you 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 graze a penis and it's over for you. Like you're no chastity longer chastity. Fucking. Guaranteed. If your name's Chastity, you're fucking. You're definitely fucking. You have to fuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, definitely. Yeah, yeah. yeah they I, tried uh, to control you. I am not my name, so. Exactly. <laughs> Before they were popular, way back, way back, way back, 2013. That's what okay, it was. Okay, I said 2010. Yeah, that's like way. Yeah, that's way what yeah. I was thinking. Because I was like, that is so early. Like, that's that like, is super. Early. That's like that's like catching on Joe Rogan, yeah. like 2009, <laughs> saying I'm starting my own. But oddly enough, the idea started like way back. So probably 2010 is when the idea started coming in. But I had no subject matter. I didn't know what to touch on. So. Yeah. What was the inspiration? Uh. Fucking wanting, wanting to have... Okay, can I swear on this? Yeah, of oh, course. Yes. Of course. Um, it's the internet, right? It's a proper so, fuck. That's <laughs> what I'm talking about. So the idea originally came just off the, the, the need of connecting with people and wanting to talk and wanting to share. Um, I really, really enjoyed um, helping people out. And I feel, I feel like one of my first ideas, I think, was like having a call-in show where... People ask for advice. Okay, yeah, and yeah. Help Classic college like, show. Right. Yeah, yeah. But I'm like, who's going to call if I 
don't have a landline. Which <laughs> yeah, I did back it's then. not live. And I'm like, this is not live. Nobody gives a shit. Nobody's gonna call. So <laughs> yeah. I'm like, that's out of the that's out of the, the possi- yeah. out of the realm of possibilities. That I'm like, okay, well, what else? What do I, what am I into? I'm into music. I'm into pro wrestling. I'm like, I could do a pro wrestling podcast. That's super niche. Uh, I know guys now that actually make a living off yeah. that. So yeah. good job, guys. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I didn't have the balls to get into it. And then music. Music was probably the thing that brought me in the most because I used to live in RDP. Shout out. Yeah. Um, lived in the East End and there was like not much of a music scene and I had my band but like people knew us around there but nobody else in the city. Yeah. Facebook was in its infancy. You had everything going on but nothing was really... Like the scenes were very much in the communities and then when I moved out of RDP in 2012 I came to my land and at that point that's when I my eyes just opened up to the, to everything and I'm like fuck there's a lot of there's a lot of music going on there's a lot of shit happening you got different circles everywhere you got people down on the birds you got people in the west you got people in my land plateau I'm like there's all these different scenes and I don't know anything about Montreal really so started going to events went to the MOOC Life events started going to hip hop karaoke started meeting all these up and coming artists like High Classified Dr. Mad and all these guys and I'm like you are all young as hell. You're all interesting as hell. I want to get to know you. So that was really the intention behind. I wanted to get to know these artists, see what's going on behind their minds. And I mean, Mario actually came through on one of these episodes, which never actually <laughs> aired. Told us about I, was, it. I was telling them off the air earlier. <laughs> like, like you're, the reason that I have you on this show today, Navid, is because it's, the, y- it's a make good. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was a podcast I started with some friends, like. Uh, Two years ago. Not just friends, former bandmates. Go ahead. Yeah, former bandmates. Uh, I want to know who I'm talking to. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, eventually those friends drifted away. And then uh, I needed new co-hosts. Right. That's where Markings and Britain's my girlfriend. I forced her to do this. That's the right way of doing this. Or else she gets no love. (laughs) (laughs) And you guys get no time together? I know. Well, we work together a lot. Actually, we work together a bit too much. So that's that was my reticence to do this. Is we already work together a lot, and it was this was like his thing that was completely his. I had nothing to do with. Okay. And it was like I felt good for our relationship. And then here was like one more aspect in which we work together. It was actually on my insistence. Disappoint him inevitably. So let me give you a bit more detail. So um, I was originally invited on the show as a guest on uh, the first season. We had a standout episode. Uh, I think. I think is is that a fair assessment to, to, to make or am I off the gas? Top ten? Okay. I'll take that. It's a long season. <laughs> uh, like what? Like forty episodes? Fifty episodes? Fifty fifty, I think. 50, 50, yeah. That's good. That's good. A cool yeah. fifty. Yeah, crack. Nah, I take I take top six. Top six. Top six. Top six. By the way, I really dig the studio. I dig the digs, and like I said, it reminds me of my place back then. But just, just this, the way we're all spread out, I'm really comfy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah Hot yeah. as fuck, though, but it's comfy. Yeah, yeah. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. So why did you? How did yours end? It was going well. What happened? Um, I once the one year mark hit, I started like taking little steps back. The shows weren't as regular, yet at the same time. I had brought in uh, Matthew, which was my new editor, and I was not going to edit as much. I was going to do the audio, and he was going to take care of the visual aspects. And we started doing um, we started doing interviews that were after the podcast with the guests and getting it filmed on a professional camera, professional lighting, doing professional editing. Everything was going to be on another level. We are going to do Apartment 6 shorts. Okay. So um, it started getting bigger in my head than it really was, and... 
when things start feeling like a job for me, I start getting wary and I start getting scared and I don't feel like doing it as much. And at the time, I had uh, my girlfriend at the time too was pulling a lot of energy from me, and um, we weren't in a really good place at the time. So it was that it was the the, the workload, and then it was the battle. The, the, the battle with depression was still there, and all of that was too much pressure, and I just started stepping away. And because I wasn't doing it as consistently, and I wasn't being as serious, and I kept telling people, "Yeah, yeah, it's coming, it's coming," and I I hate. I hate bullshitting. Yeah. I don't. I don't want to just say, yeah, yeah. It's, we're working on it. We're working on it. It's like rappers who've been working on their album for six years. Like, yeah. come stop soon. lying. Coming yeah. soon. Stop yeah, lying. Exactly. Like, <laughs> like we're not gonna wait another four years. You know, it's because in my life you have been a humbling force. Where I thought I was hot shit, uh, you showed me just through. Being you and not even realizing it, not that I ain't shit, which I'm not. I ain't shit. But Neither more than that, more Neither than anything, but more than anything, it just showed me the foolishness and the error of my ways. And uh, I always think about you and about those days, wow. the days when I thought that I was something, when really I wasn't about shit. And as I go through life, I remember that in this world there are people like you who do things in earnest. And uh, and that shit, and that shit that shit drives that shit informs me that shit drives me like I, I just don't ever want to be RDP Mario I never right. want to go there again I never want to be a twenty something living in his mama's basement acting like he's too big for his fucking britches were, were you were you like at that at that time when you were RDP Mario were you doing shit outside of RDP and coming back to RDP going like I'm yes. hot shit I'm when, getting shit done when I was in RDP everybody thought that I lived in NDG. Okay. When I was when I was still out there, I was like in in my infancy of doing the things that I was doing with Mook Life and Artbeat and all that other shit. I was just I was just gassed into thinking, I gassed myself into thinking that I was more important or greater than what I actually was, and um, it it reflected in my behavior. And I were you faking it till you were making it? Besides, one hundred percent. That's I what was, it was. I was one hundred percent faking it till I was making it. But I was just really just overall shitty. And uh, posturing. Yeah, I was I was fronting. I was I was a fronting ass. I was a fronting ass motherfucker. I need you to tell the story of going on his podcast (laughs) while we're recording because that shit was hilarious. (laughs) We actually never really went back over that that day, but I'm I'm guessing that was humbling as fuck. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It had to be. So let me tell the story. It had to be. So let me tell this story. So Navid at this point, uh, Navid is the first person that I knew to have a podcast. And he didn't just have a podcast. He was actually on iTunes and uh, getting distro. And uh, I was on You and Newsworthy. Yeah. Like my second episode. That's just hard, baby. With like wow. 3,000 listens on my second episode when we're going back and forth in Franklish. Like, yeah. this is crazy for me. My Shit. mind was fucking blown. Yeah. Yeah, sorry. The algorithm I, was just different. Like, they're just... Yeah, they're, 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 they're just killing out there. So, uh, so as I'm watching you do your thing, uh, and uh, and I'm learning to humble myself, I, I had a... Um, prior to me doing uh, Nevid's podcast, I went and I did Nevid's radio show, uh, which was Tendance yeah. Aurélie's radio show. 
which was Tendance Urbaine, on which Navid was was on. And producer, yeah. Yeah, you were a producer on the on the show. And after the show, we uh, we cracked open a bottle of Jameson and we got into it. I got into why I didn't like him and why yeah. I thought that uh, that that he was something that he was that he absolutely was not. That I completely misread this man. And I was like, can wow. I, can I, I can I forward that by saying that. Every single event I had gone to over the like six months prior to that, at least a year almost over that, uh, I would see Mario and I was like super excited because I see this dude that I know from RDP yeah. from way back then and I'm but like, yo, what's up, Mark Ings? And I'm like, I'm going to reach in for a pound and uh, for, for just actual handshake and a hug. And he's like, what's up? Just like from far, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just, just chin up. Yeah, just yeah. a chin up. What's just, a, just a classic chin up. And I'm yeah, like, yeah. okay, well, I'm making a fool of myself over and over again. Dismissive head nod. Four, dismissive <laughs> head nod for fifth time. And at some point, I'm looking at my boy Jay. I'm going like, why am I belittling myself like this? Like, what am I doing that? Then when Aurelie told me we were coming up, I'm like, oh, this is going to be interesting. <laughs> and that's why I brought the bottle of Jameson. Because yeah. I'm like, Mario's coming. I'm going to... I, know he's, not, I know he's not driving, so let me get this. <laughs> we're gonna get to the bottom of this. <laughs> we're gonna get to the bottom of the bottle end of this. Yeah, yeah we're gonna get so. to the bottom of this. And so I do the show, and after the after the show, we we sit down and we we, we talk it out, and I tell him, you know, and it's such an awkward conversation to Very have yes. with somebody. It's just so fucking awkward. Like, Very hey, much. I think that you're faking the funk. I think you don't like me. Yeah, that's it's what I thought. So like, I think you don't like me in Yeah, and I was like, I don't like you because I think that you're that you're a poser. Like, how fucking stupid is <laughs> straight. <laughs> and I, my 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 profile picture on Facebook was me with a microphone at Hip Hop Karaoke, and he calls me out on it, going like, okay, yeah, yeah. "You haven't rapped in years, you haven't released shit in years, and you're holding a microphone." I'm like, "I I know." Well, what's the problem? <laughs> <laughs> what's wrong with that? Nothing is wrong with that. Is the answer to the question. So, um, so after after that exchange, I was I realized just how much I actually like the the, the guy. And again, like I I I was telling them uh, prior that the memory that I that that sticks to in, in the back of my mind was when we were on Armand Bombardier. It was the end of the night. We'd been hanging out with mutual friends. And I was broken without weed, and you just laced me with a nug, just off the strength. And you didn't even know me like that Barely. back then. You were just, you were just a cool motherfucker. And you were a cool dude that I knew that rapped and was into all this shit. So I was like, yo, he's, yeah. he's, he's a and homie so, already. And exactly. So I just, I just took that show of love, and it just kept playing back. And I was like, I can't, I can't, I'm, I, I can't be such a piece of shit that I, that, that I'm just gonna continue this, this fucking facade. It's bullshit. Did you guys talk about this on air, like on no. the radio? No, this no, was after. We didn't, we didn't okay. talk about this on, on air at all. I, I was. I, I would. I actually, that was part of the intentions of the episode when I invited you. Of course, on, that's good radio, like, right like, yeah. there. <laughs> you think that podcasting like str- scratched an itch for you that uh, you couldn't quite uh, get to with? music making like like do you feel like did you did you feel like uh like the allure of like music journalism and producing a podcast or like the allure of like like producing you're producing something that's like tangible and that's a that's a cultural artifact like did you did you draw that like what were the takeaways from the thing is i feel like everything else was made to please others Mm -hmm. and the podcast was made to please me Mm -hmm. and i needed to for example like going through my battle of depression at the time i wanted to document it so on my podcast, I would often bring up mental health at a time when people weren't talking about it as openly in the early 2010s than yeah. they do now. Now Absolutely. it's like widespread. Bell has a whole day dedicated to it where people are. I'm see, it actually kind of annoys me where I see people on those guys that on Instagram on Bell Let's Talk Day uh, post a picture of himself looking sad and then writes, um, I have mental, no, um, said something like I have mental health 
didn't even say like I have mental health issues <laughs> or I have like just says like those with mental health have to da, da, da. I'm like I hope it's a fucking misprint like he forgot to write <laughs> yeah, the word yeah. issues or I, it just became like trendy now to say you have anxiety and oh, you have 100%. depression and yeah. it, it takes away I find from and not to say that I'm disregarding it it's just yeah I had an anxiety attack cause I had to take a shit before going to work and I was late like What's it's not considered anxiety. legit anxiety attack? <laughs> How crippling was that? Because yeah, yeah. I, I, not saying mine was worse than yours, but we can't downplay it either because it's like everything else. Like, uh, not to bring up the Me Too movement, but like, yeah, I'm gonna bring it up. There's, there's some women that, <laughs> there's some women that that bringing up their situations downplayed the causes oh, of yeah. others. Of course, there's levels you know? to everything. There's levels to yeah. everything, and yeah. I feel like like making things too widespread becomes counterproductive yes well people think they've had an anxiety attack until you've had an anxiety attack (laughs) and then you're like yeah because when you've had an anxiety you fucking know you're like on the fucking public bathroom floor thank you I know when I'm I'm anxious and I know when I have an anxiety attack yeah they're not the same they're not the same no 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 Uh, when I'm hyper when I was 10 years old hyperventilating at my brother's wedding and he's like loosening my tie, give me a paper bag and putting water on my head because my cousin said, how do you feel about your brother getting married? It's too bad. You're not going to see him anymore. Oh, no. And that shit. was like a reality like reality check for me. Like, holy shit, am I losing my brother for good? I had a legitimate panic attack at 10 years old. Hi, I'm Mel. And I'm Sass. And we're the host of The Last Stretch, a sports podcast. It's a podcast where we're going to talk about, well, sports. Specifically, what we do look at is what makes an athlete be the best that they can be. So not only do we talk to some athletes, but we talk to the people behind the athletes, from trainers to sports psychologists, you name it, we're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about other issues revolving sports as well, hot button issues like concussions, maybe doping. Give us a listen. Find us wherever you get your podcasts. I'd rather you explain to me what your anxiety is, and I'll let you know what my experience is, and I want to know how you you deal with it. That's a real conversation. I want to know how you deal with it. I want to know, and then you might want to know how I deal with it. What are our patterns? What what do you do that helps you? Mm-hmm. Like, don't just tell me like that you have a problem. Like, like I want to know. I want to go deeper. That's the whole idea of talking about it, right? Yeah, yeah. And you know, uh, as far as Bell is concerned, motherfuck Bell. You want to <laughs> talk about mental health? Why don't you check in on your employees, you stupid motherfuckers? A and B, you want to talk about the amount of anxiety that they cause their actual clients by <laughs> boosting up their prices. Yo, let me talk about that because I escalated a fucking call with Bell because they try to shice my parents into paying some fucking money. So I, I get on the phone because that's the that's the immigrant ethos. It's yes. like, you know, get your get your, your fluent child to be on the phone and, yeah, to, and to fucking give them hellfire and brimstone. By the way, by the way, anxiety attacks? Immigrant parents making their kids order pizza when they're six years old. Anxiety attacks. (laughs) (laughs) Immigrant parents making you count the the cash at the grocery store and dealing with cashiers. I I barely just learned how to use additions, mom. Don't fuck it up, though. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) We've only got $100, son. You better allocate it correctly to the right things. I don't know why they're inflating the prices of watermelon, mom. I just want watermelon. So yeah, so what'd you do about? Okay, so I get on the phone and uh, I ask to speak to a manager and I'm like, yo, motherfuckers, you guys charging this, 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 and you guys are not doing this, 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 this. So what I'm going to need you to do is cut this out by X amount of dollars and I need you to do this now. Pronto. 
And then she does it, and then she's like, you know, you're really good at this. You should come and work for us. I'm like, you can't afford me. <laughs> and then I hung up on the bitch's face. But, you know, like, um, when Fuck I'm talking... Fuck Bell. I'm <laughs> Fuck Bell for real, actually. All right? We can actually air this out and, like, talk about it like men because we... We did talk about it like men. We did talk about it like adults. And I'm like, we could actually put this out. I wanted to originally, but back to the podcast now. <laughs> so we come on to the... So, uh, so we smoked a lot. Me, yeah. We did smoke a lot. We were smoking Halloween. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> Navid invites me on his podcast, and I go on, and he turns the mics on, and goes through his opening, uh, his opening spiel, and then he just turns to me, and he asks me, so uh, introduce yourself to the audience. And I, and I freeze because I have nothing. I'm I'm going through the shit that I that I've that I've done up to this point. And I'm like, wow, I haven't done shit. What the fuck am I doing on these mics? Who the fuck do I think I am? And then I turn to Evan and I'm like, yo, I don't I think I don't think I can do this. You were live, by the way. I was actually yeah. streaming on Ustream. Oh, <laughs> it was live. Yeah, oh. we were streaming on Ustream and got the camera set up, had the light, everything. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and we shut it down. Shut it down. We shut it down. Oh my and god. I, I go right on to like. I go, I think on my Twitter at the time, I'm like, all right, we're going to be back, technical issues, blah, 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 and we just like, he looks at me and goes, bro, I can't do this, and how did you shut it down? Did you say something to the camera, like in the recording? I, I don't remember, just, I think we said just, something like, just stop. I, I think he's like, bro, we got to stop, we got to stop, and I'm like, uh, we'll be right back, and it's like, hit yeah, stop yeah, yeah. right away, but like, I remember like the, the um, Man, you didn't feel good after that. No, I didn't. I left. Did rough. you almost? Was that panic attack territory? Were you about to like? Was you? Were you about to like? Physically. Picture being pushed in front of thirty thousand people without anything to say. There wasn't thirty thousand people, but I mean, like you, if you're not comfortable being on stage, push somebody in front of the stage. You just it, he legit froze up, and I was like, I was shocked. I was fucking shocked because I know you as this. Loudmouth, arrogant motherfucker who just thinks he's the shit. Yes, 100%. That's who I was. And it's the realization in in the there and the now. Like, like, how dare I, like, continue perpetrating like this? How much of this had to do with, like, your conversation before? You know what I mean? None. None? None. It's just... Because, I mean, in that conversation, you had to come to terms with the fact that you were acting like a dick. Yeah. You know what I mean? For no reason. Yeah, exactly. Right. But we just kind of like just brushed it off. Like this was I, like weeks later. Yeah, weeks, I, okay. wow, yeah, wow, yeah, 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 wow. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't wow the later. next day or anything. It made me like yeah, one yeah. or two after. But my that. but my dickish behavior was uh, was was written off as uh, well. Hey, I just misread the guy. Yeah, we were cool. Like there was no issue or tension yeah, between yeah. us at that point. Yeah. It's like after that night when we when we hugged it out and we're like, all right, we're good. Like all that lack of clarity is like it's all clear now. Yeah, we know yeah. what, we know what's what. It was just. I just, I just posit that it left a crack in his psyche that Maybe. slowly started getting bigger. And then when he was sitting there across from you, the very fucking person. That he had misjudged. Yeah, yeah. exactly. But I, I'm, I'm curious because was that one of the first moments of you realizing, wait, I'm misjudging and I'm being a dick? Like, what, that conversation that we had. Because that what Mike's saying makes a lot of sense. That could have been a little crack in all that. And the, and the, humi- and the, the humbling aspect of the future. Yeah, yeah well, come. like the persona. The persona started to like... Or maybe it was just a loud ass weed. <laughs> that it could definitely have been had something loud. to do with it. No, um, it it really it really comes from the fact that when I came to do your podcast, I 
had I did not know what to expect and I was operating from a place of sincerity. I didn't have a script, I didn't have right. a spiel, I didn't have uh, you know, I wasn't on a run for anything in particular. I was just there to, to shoot the shit with uh, with an old friend who'd right. become a new friend. Right. You know, and uh, it was just, you know, me realizing that I was not the person that I that I was hurting to be and uh, and when faced with the uh, option of either fabricating something on the spot or coming to grips with the truth of, of the matter, I decided to opt for the latter. And I just like, you know, I was like, yo, I can't do this. Did the live aspect have anything to do with it? The camera, do you stream and all that? Like seeing yourself on a TV screen, did that have anything to do with it? Um, you know, uh, with my body dysmorphia, I'm very uncomfortable with seeing myself, which kind of conflicts with my raging narcissism. Because I, if there's something, the only thing that I love more than the sound of my voice is the look of my own face. And <laughs> <laughs> Not the body part. Though. Yeah, no, I could do without that. We could do without that. Just, just put my head in. Uh, it's like a Futurama. Just stick my head in a bowl. Is that is that a real thing? Body dysmorphia for you? I think so. Yeah. 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 I think I have a body dysmorphia thing. I, th I see myself. Uh, I don't know what I see. As jacked. Yeah, I'm fucked. No, I see myself. Like, <laughs> I'm fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That's like a life dysmorphia. You know what I mean? Like you, 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 you look. We always at your, want more. We you always look, want. No, but you look yeah. at your life and you're just like, I haven't accomplished anything. But in actuality, you've done more than at least like eighty percent of all people but on the planet. I, I, I think that's the artist's plight. If anything, like that's that's what it comes down to. Any artist needs to keep creating and keep doing more. If not, you stop being an artist. I think that all all people, all humans are artists, and I think that. All art comes from a, a, a burning desire Definitely to be not, to be felt way. and understood. We don't. We're not going to agree on this, but that's okay. We are, we we are, also, you're also the guy who says that art is definitely not agree. Yeah, yeah, that's that. fine. <laughs> you're also the guy that says that art is dead, and I say that art is alive and well. Yeah, that's true. Well, yeah. So, Mike, you don't feel like what you do is art? No, I'm just saying I don't think everyone's an artist. Not everyone. I don't think everybody's a creator. No, I said everyone's an artist. I, 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 I believe that everyone's an artist. wants everyone to, yeah, Markings wants everyone to always express, them. like, he, he, like, if someone's like, I'm not, like, he, he wants everyone to be creative. I don't know why you have that. I, I, I agree with you, Mark, uh, Mark, I, I can't call you Mark. Yeah, it's Mark don't, Kings don't or do, Mario. Don't do that. Yeah. Fuck, fuck, Schmings, Schmings. Yeah, exactly. Just so, call me Schmings. Go ahead. Um, I agree with, with Schmings on that, on the fact that, um, Look, if we go back to what we were as kids, we were all artists. Yeah. Every single one of us That's right. as a, at a very young age was a creator of something. Yep. Whether it was drawings or Lego blocks or whatever it is, we, we created. And then all of these societal blocks started coming in between where we just stopped. And I think judgment is probably the biggest cause of us stopping the, doing the things that we love. Yeah. Phil Knight, uh, co-founder of Nike, famously once said, if you have a body, you're an athlete. If you are right. able to exercise your imagination, you are an artist. Yeah. And I think, like, for example, I was exercising at that point, even if I wasn't actually creating music anymore, which I was. Actually, I was still writing, but um, I, wasn't I wasn't releasing any music. Yeah. Um, I was practicing the art of conversation. And being able to lead a conversation for two hours or three hours and keep it interesting is an art in itself. Absolutely. The same as now I'm a barber, right? Yeah. And that's that in itself is another art. 100% it's an art. Look Are at you? that beautiful look, beard look at this, that you look have. At this, this marvelous lineup. <laughs> I, was, I, was, I, was telling, I was telling the gang just now, like, you lace me proper. Thank you. You can be a cultural participant by being a cultural commentator. Yep. And your the value of your insight is not determined by the things that you've done in the past, by the, but by the veracity of your observation. 
You know what I'm saying? And mm -hmm. that takes a talent, that takes a skill. And if they would have told us that then, we probably would have taken ourselves a bit more serious and we probably would have, like, disregarded the rap thing just a little bit. Actually, as a matter of fact, there's a reason why you're not singing, like, bachata songs. It's true. Right? There's a reason why I'm not doing, like... But I might still fuck around and do a reggaeton track. You just, definitely just should. Just let it be known. Just let you it should, because be be, we can't have this on paper where I actually have done a reggaeton song before you. <laughs> uh, I, I've, 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 done, I've done reggaeton oh, before. Oh, you've done? Yeah, exactly. Like 2008? But that's great, but we can do, uh, we can do the thing where uh, people think that you're Spanish, but you're actually Persian, and they think that I'm Arab, but I'm actually Spanish. It's, it's great. It works out just fine. Oh, Brother, we look yeah. like cousins. Let's be real. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Let's be real. We could both be Puerto Rican. Uh, yeah. So... Uh, as an as an orator, you started in the game in rap, like I did. Yep. I started in the game in rap. A lot of people like that's their foray into the world of creativity is the rap game. Let me ask you, why rap? Why rap for yeah. me? Uh, because when I was young, I was constantly being interrupted, and I could never uh, get a full idea across. And what I noticed with rap and with writing was that I could finally, I finally found an avenue where I could say things as I wanted to say them, and nobody could interrupt me. That is telling. That says a lot about you. Right? Yeah. That he... Because he... He... I've not met as many people who want to be heard as much as Markings. Like, it means so much for him to be heard. And that that's where that comes from. Same here. I'm on the same boat as you, actually. As a matter of fact, that I want to be heard when I have something to say. If I have an opinion or if I have a perspective, like, I, I want to be heard. So I'm fully with them. It's that. survivor's instinct. It's just like, you, you, there are two types of people in the world. Ah, oh, ah, top ah, of the ah, hour, ah, top ah, of the gun, hour. Big gun, big All right, what, Nivit, we're going to do here. What the fuck is happening? <laughs> <laughs> See that bowl in front of you that's uh, filled up with little pieces of paper rolled up, and each one holds a question. We're all going to grab one of these pieces yeah. of paper, and we're all going to answer them. It's a so, fish bowl. You fish into the bowl. You yeah, pull it out. Feel free to grab one right there. Yeah. Let me, let me, let me lean in. I got mine. We're going we're gonna to go back to 281 in a second. You're not oh, out of the sorry. fire just yet. <laughs> I'm not out of any fire, man. Mike, you got one? Uh, not yet, but I will grab one. Are yeah. we starting without you? No, we yes. have to. Am we I, have to wait. We must wait. Okay. Do I throw you? As as, as Mike goes and reaches uh, for the for the for he the wants thing. the magic touch. Oh, he does. That's not fair. You guys know what the questions are. No, no, no idea. we don't. Know. So who wrote these? Listeners. They are user submitted. These really? are sent in from the listeners. <laughs> Fuck yes! Shout out listeners with your weird ass questions. Let's see what's up. <laughs> yeah. I'm they guessing they're gonna weird. be weird. They I'm guessing they're gonna be weird. They are weird as shit. All right, well, I'll go first because mine's a quick one. It says, would you rather drive a minivan or a motorcycle? And I love the space in a minivan, and I don't like the idea of not being able to really listen to music while I'm driving. So minivan, definitely. Fuck yeah. Definitely. Definitely. I'll definitely pick a shagging wagon over a, a, a regular, regular hog. But mind you, the allure of the motorcycle. The allure is cold. there. The allure is definitely there, but I like the idea of not dying right away. <laughs> Minivan. Yeah, exactly. Okay. But I, I bring up. I wanted to bring up Pasquale because uh, I started recently cutting my hair with you, and uh, when I came in for the first time, I didn't even know that it was going to be me. I saw Mario R. I use the <laughs> app to to book, and he just sees Mario R. He doesn't know who the fuck Mario R is. And uh, so I walk in, and so it's a reunion, you know, it's a, it's a whole lot of love. And uh, Pasquale is like, I never met somebody who's as intense as Navid. And he's such a cool, <laughs> calm, collected guy. And I'm like, I mean, 
sorry, bro. I wish I could be more like you, but it's just <laughs> not how the cards were dealt. But Navid has this amazing energy. I remember I tweeted to you a few years ago. I was like, teach me how to turn up. Wow, yeah, you did. Yeah, because... Yeah, because as an MC myself, I'm so naturally blasé that I'm. It's like it's hard for me to be able to really uh, command the crowd in the way that I would have wanted to when I was MCing Artbeat events and things like that. And I kind of just worked off of my own charisma as a rapper or lack thereof, and I made it work for me in that avenue because there was nobody else that was doing it. But do you enjoy I'm, MCing? I do. Yeah, I, 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 I learned to love it because it started off as a necessity in the sense that my guys needed somebody to step up to the plate and nobody was doing it so I was like okay so let me do it but I had to create a distinction between me the aspiring rapper who wants to hog all the fucking beats and me the role player in the context of a team and yo it's not about you you're the playmaker fall back yeah you know what I mean so I actually, to cut in, like that's one of my favorite parts. That's when I, when I started realizing that I really enjoyed hosting or emceeing. As a as a as a matter of fact, was when I used to have I had a second group that I used to fuck around with. Mm-hmm. And as much as I enjoyed spitting my my verses, one of the things I loved the most was being the hype man for them. Mm-hmm. And that's when I'm like, hey, there's a transfer of energy that can be greater than what it is that I'm writing or creating. Yeah, I could help big up other people. And that's a big, big part of it. It's, it's, it's so powerful to be that catalyst. You know yeah. what I mean? And that's, I think that, like, that's what Pasquale and people like him will qualify as intense. I'm told that I'm an intense person a lot. I don't see it like that. I just think that I'm genuine and I'm uh, inhabited by this very powerful energy. Well, is intense a bad thing, anyways? Like when you hear intense, do you take it as bad? There's, no. there's a time and a place for it. I, I take it. I take a. I take yeah. slight offense to yeah. it. I think. I think it's a thing where people are just like, "Oh my god!" Like, cool off, and it's just like, "Well, okay, cool guy." You when, know what I when mean? When somebody brings up the art, your intensity, it's generally because it's breaking the mold of what is happening at that moment. So, yeah. and I think one of the issues that that Mario and I have is or had or still have or don't want to face is the idea of there's a time and a place for it. Yeah. Like you're not going to come in with that same energy in a church, right? And when you do, you're going to get shushed real quick. So yeah. like it, it's that. It, it's just... Unless I've, finding... been, unless I've been tasked with exactly. taking them to church. Exactly. If they told me, Schmings, take them to church, take I'm fucking church. taking them to church. And you you would be an incredible pastor for that. You know what I mean? Like, but so maybe knowing you're intense and really... And knowing you when have to, to reel own it, it. You have exactly. To, but you have yeah. to learn when to reel it exactly. in. And being a barber, having this one-on-one time with these clients allows me to learn how to process that energy differently. With Schmings... We were just like exponentially going higher and higher <laughs> and higher, and we're like, ah, just this big like fucking ball of kamehameha, like just about to explode. I pride myself in being a chameleon because I'll adapt to any environment or any person that I'm with, mm. um, except for a bar mitzvah. I am seen a bar mitzvah one day, and that was the worst fucking thing <laughs> I've ever done in my life. Never again. Why? What happened? <laughs> a lot of shit happened I got too drunk Because oh. I was really uncomfortable with being there um, You have a non-Jewish brown MC At a bar mitzvah 
and you got all these 12, 13-year-old Jewish boys <laughs> dropping the N-bomb on every uncensored song that's playing right now. And they're heavy into hip-hop, by the way. Like, young Jewish boys are heavy <laughs> into hip-hop. Yeah, I didn't yeah. realize that until oh, much later on. It. It's um, been that way since the 90s. Go ahead. Apparently, I, I missed out that part of it uh, completely. I mean, Jerry Seinfeld wasn't into hip-hop, so like he was my... <laughs> Jerry Seinfeld was not into hip-hop, but Stretch Armstrong was. Yeah, and um, Andy Samberg and et cetera, but <laughs> um, Larry David wasn't. But anyways, um, being there, <laughs> getting too drunk, and then not knowing what I'm supposed to do and what these dances are. They were doing these line dances, and I'm like trying to find my way through this. <laughs> and, like The kid is showing me what the steps are, and I'm like, okay. Then they wanted to do this race, and one of them goes like... I don't know whose idea it was, but I put, like, the birthday boy on my shoulders. And, like, I went down and squatted down. You didn't drop down. his ass, did you? Bro, I squatted, <laughs> I squatted down. He went on my shoulders. I got up. And I immediately, with the momentum of getting up, started running and just <laughs> face planted with the birthday boy. Wow. Uh, yeah, Pops, his dad was like red, Wait, so, <laughs> red in the face. Did you hit him with a diamond Dallas drop? Like, what, did, what move did, Bro, you, did you pull on him? I, it's basically a front electric, electric <laughs> chair, chair drop. Like, normally you'd have somebody on your shoulders okay, yeah. and fall back. That's electric electric chair drop. But I went face first. I face planted myself too. Yeah, you got yourself. It you was basically DDT'd yourself. I, I just, I just fucked myself up. That's oh, basically man. what it was. And that kid, and he got up shaking, like I'm, I'm okay, I'm okay. I'm like, see, he's okay, and I'm shaking. I'm like, I gotta go for a smoke. I was like, okay, I'll go. Uh, I smoke a lot of weed. Do you think I have a problem? If no, lol, me either. If yes, fuck you. But <laughs> you don't have any problems. <laughs> I, so Brittany, I definitely have problems. Yeah, okay. I have a lot of problems. But uh, smoking too much weed, it is aggressive. It is. I, I, I think his problem is aggression, not the weed. <laughs> yeah, that's that's why he up. smokes all the weed. Brother, you're probably not smoking enough weed if you're that aggressive about weed. It's true. Uh, I, a lot of weed smoke can probably be a problem. I don't yeah. know how I feel about it. People say, you know, now it's medicine and it's not. How uh, would oh, that's all a euphemism? It's yeah. still drugs. Yeah, that's it. It's, it's still a mind-altering substance. That's yeah, right. that's yeah, it. Definitely. Let's not shit yeah, ourselves. For no. me, it's more that it's a crutch. I feel like anything you need, you can't go without, is a little scary to me. When you need something. Oh, you need water, you need air. Yeah, exactly. Except for those basic needs. But anytime you... Like, we should oh, all... It's a it's an impediment to freedom is how I see yeah. it, sort of. I agree. Like, I can't cross the border. I don't have weed. Like, yeah, I can't yeah, go on vacation. Yeah, exactly. I can't. It's like, okay, yeah. well, Jesus Christ. Now you're, you're like, you can't even... You can't do shit. You're not... You can't move across fucking... Like, yeah, that's no, crazy. No, I'm fully with you on that. I think that becomes a... You're just, you're just you're just replacing it with something else. That's it's not it. it's not even weed it's at that not point. The weed. <clears throat> it could be alcohol. It could be yeah. cocaine. It could be anything else. It's just something that you're requiring in order to feel something about That's yourself. So you got it. other work to do. As a as a exactly. as a weed smoker, a, a self uh, appointed one, and one who thoroughly enjoys it, allow me to be the one to say that your priorities are in the wrong place. Yep. If your if your weed habit takes precedent over living life to its fullest because yeah. getting high is not living yeah. see i always looked at weed as an enhancer mm. so if you're not using it to enhance something and that's then, then therefore you're doing nothing right right so if it makes you relax easier it makes you think clearer it makes you put things in perspective or it helps you 
do it in an easier way, cool. But if you're not doing anything at all, and you need weed from the moment you wake up to the moment you go to sleep, there's something else that you're hiding, I think. Anyway. Yeah. Mine goes, you ever went scuba diving? If not, would you go scuba diving? Follow-up question. <laughs> would you dive into a fully submerged cruise ship to find a flash drive that has a digital key for a Swiss safety deposit box with hundreds of millions in euros and diamonds? The cruise ship, in some weird quirk, still has power so all the lights are still on. But keep in mind that there <laughs> might be a shark swimming around also looking for the key. <laughs> He's only about as big as you, but still pretty vicious. Well, if the shark is about as big as me, it probably has some hang-ups about its height. So I could probably just like, I could probably like, ma- I could probably manipulate it emotionally into giving up the pursuit, and be like, "Yo, give it up, shark." I mean, yeah, you could go and get these millions of Swiss francs, but quite frankly, is it going to change the fact that you're a short stack? What are you going to do with it? Yeah, exactly. She's going to leave you for a tiger shark, anyways, bro. Uh, I've never what gone. What if he does that guy. shit to you? What if he gets I, it into your work, mental? It wouldn't work because I'm, I'm going to have the helmet and I can't hear him. <laughs> I see your mouth moving. I exactly, can't hear you. Exactly. All I see is this, but I don't hear nothing, shark. Fuck you. I'm going to go and get the key. I'll see you in hell. Just punch it in snows. Yeah. To be serious, though, I don't think you'd do it. No, you don't no, think that I would. I don't think you're bold enough. No, you don't Let's think I'm bold enough there. to deride the shark. To dive with sharks? No, no. I'm, pr- I'm a bold motherfucker. <laughs> I don't know, man. I'm a bold motherfucker. I wear purple with camo. I'm a bold motherfucker. <laughs> uh, Timberlake does that, so I'm not impressed. <laughs> did you just whitewash my purple and camo combo? I think you did. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, wow. I mean, I mean Timber- Timberlake is probably the least white of all white artists right now, so it's true. Nowadays, he's pretty white. Oh, you went back to being white? Oh, yeah, it's true. Yeah, he's the man of the mountain now and stuff. Man of the woods. Man Man of the woods. Man of the woods, yeah. That's his thing, though? Yeah. That's that's his last album. That's what he called it. He went Bon Iver on us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. Bon Iver, exactly. It's not not pronounced Bon Iver? No, it's not. Wow. (laughs) Wow. See, I stay away. I stay the fuck away from pop culture. It's like me. I just found out that Glossier is actually pronounced Glossier. Who? Makeup brands, glossier. <laughs> I'm far away he from just pop said culture. I guys. I'm like, doesn't I'm like, fuck with pop culture. I don't know what's going on any anywhere yeah, here. Yeah, right I know nothing. Also, yeah, so scuba diving. Are you going to scuba dive? Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. I'm uh, I'm all about the deep dive. You'd be into it. I, I'm all about the splash. Yeah, that God big drip. All euphemisms for sex. That is correct. <laughs> ding 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 ding. Uh, so just to go back here, uh, uh, as I uh, he has I, an answer. Yeah, oh. yeah we, we we got hella How questions. Rude. But see, like this year, for example, there was one event that I that really got me fucking mad at Mural Fest. Why? Because I got booked, paying, getting paid good dollars to come and do what I love. Okay, and about forty-five minutes into the first set of the first DJ of the event, I get the stage manager coming up and saying, "Yo, the organizers don't want an MC on stage, so they're gonna ask you not to talk anymore." And I said, "Okay." Said, so, "Yeah, they got their own guy that's gonna come and do it." Who the fuck was that? I'm not gonna name drop because I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to throw shade on anybody because at the end of the day, they have their own shit. But they have their own platform. They got their own events. They got all that. But you I just, just tell us. I'll bleep it. I just curious yeah, for conversation. Mo- okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. So at the end of the they day, they don't even have any proper yeah, MCs. Yeah, they do. They got. They got. Um, and they got. 
they usually MC their events. So Whatever. here's here's my issue with that. So make sure you bleep all that out because I don't want to like. Yeah, of course. Because I, I I actually I appreciate like the guys and what they do. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't appreciate that moment. So. If you have your own guy, when you're getting paid for your event, let him know you got your MC. Don't book me. Yeah, don't waste my time. I, Even I you get paid. I'm getting but paid, still. but it's fucking aggravating to stand yeah. next to that stage going like, yo, I want to turn up with y'all. And you're taking this away from me. Yeah. So I'd rather not get paid and be home and spend that time with my girl. Yeah, for I'd sure. I'd rather go and sure. take her out or eat at home and smoke up and just relax because I work 70, 80 hours a week. And I'm doing this shit because I love it. And I can't even do it. Yeah. So you're paying me to be on standby. Fuck y'all. I don't want to do this. No, it's true. I okay? agree. And, and that comes back down to money or love. And I want to do things out of love and get paid for it. Yeah. I don't want to just get paid. Can you, after this song, play Socrates, money or love? Yeah. Very, very appropriate. Of course. Is it? Highly apropos. Is it? Well, yeah. The song is fucking called Money or Love. Oh, money or love. I heard one year love. I didn't I mean, <laughs> money or love. So I'll check it out. I actually want to hear it. No, you're going to hear after. it on the program right now after yeah. the song. Yeah, but that means we can't talk for three minutes. No, you could listen. No, you can okay. talk over yeah. it. So, I'll send you a link after. Go ahead. So that, that, that's, I, I, I still love it. But when things become about money, I'm not into it. I'm not about it anymore. I'm not about it. And it takes love away from it, I feel, at the end of the day. So when you get paid for something you love, it's like the biggest blessing in the world. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's his dream. That's what we're all trying to do, right? right? Find something that we love that pays us. But the problem is, as soon as it becomes a job, you inevitably start to... But you have to accept that. It, or it depends. Or you don't monetize it. You keep some stuff that you yeah. love yeah. and you just love it. And then the other stuff you have to it's accept true. that job it ruins job. it a bit. Yeah. yeah. Here's the key. Here's the key to preserving the love and still working at it as a career. It's finding the thing that you love but dissociating your personal love for it and being at the service of others once you're at the service of others through this thing that you love you lose yourself in the service of others But for me, it's not a burnout thing. It's just there's aspects of anything that you don't love. There's aspects that you absolutely love, and then there's aspects that are work and that yeah. don't. And that is never going to go away. You, you have to just you accept that. love your that. partner, right? But there's moments where you have to put in work. Yeah, where it's work. Yeah, yeah. that's there's, it. You got to put some work into it. Mm-hmm. But like, like the asterisks that I brought up to what Mario said and everything he said, I agree with. But it has to fulfill you. And when I went through that burnout and my depression, and I needed to have a career change. Well, the big thing was, what's the main issue? The issue is I'm empty when I get home. I'm 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 completely in yeah. a void, and I'm just completely like it just sucks out all the positive energy. So I needed to find something that's gonna allow me to be fulfilled at the end of the day. I'm not born from rich parents. I don't have an inheritance waiting for me. I got none waiting for me, and I don't want them to go anyway. So hey, keep them around keep them healthy but I gotta put in work to set up my own future because my parents did what they could to set up our present yeah. okay and now from that moment on if I have to work every day I can't come home empty I get drained yes but I have to be fulfilled yeah okay talking to 11 talking to 20 people on a Thursday or Friday for 11 hours for half an hour each each their own personal conversation is fucking draining but what I'm getting out of it fulfills so many other aspects of me that, yeah, I'll do it every day. I'll put in 70 hours a week. The barber is the original black therapist. 
I actually just yeah. wrote that on my uh, not black therapist because I'm not black, but I wrote um, therapist on my Instagram because oh, that's yeah. basically what it is. I'm a therapist and I work on your hair and I'm giving therapy to your hair and your brain at the same time. Yeah, it's a lot of energy to take on there. Yeah. It's true, yeah. Yeah, and I'm not one of those barbers just going to be like, oh yeah, so what's up this weekend? Yeah, cool, 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 cool. No, You're gonna I, engage. I'm engaging with you. Yeah. I've actually, up to this day, uh, helped, you know, two people stepping away from, you know, the ledge a little bit, so to say, so to speak. So, I've, to be able to do that and to connect with people and help them become better versions of themselves just by cutting your hair. It's not just cutting hair. It's you not can't look at just it like cutting hair. It's fixing your symmetry. It's getting right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Boost the confidence. Ego boost like my guys at Dampsay. Also, shout out to that real, real, like, deep fucking story that they told about the <laughs> shark and the Swiss Franks and everything like that. Like, that was... That was quite a question. Yeah. Mine's yeah. actually really interesting in a way because we're talking... It's basically what we were talking about before. Do you think you'd ever stop being so self-involved? If yes, when? If no, why not? Um... Rude See, question. Well, it, that was probably <laughs> meant for me. That, that was definitely meant for marking. Oh yeah. Um, see, I, I have I have a problem with some of these words like self-involved or narcissism and or egotistical or selfish or the, we we yes a lot of these by definition are pejorative or negative. But self-involved, like when at what point does being self-involved become a negative? So. If I'm self-involved, I'm worried about what I'm up to, what I'm doing, how I'm feeling, what I'm... Do- If I stop worrying about these things, then who will? No, I'm with you. Realistically Self-inf- speaking, yeah. like, who no. will? You're, it's just being an accountable human being. You're just being a responsible human being. I'm being accountable towards myself, towards yeah. others, towards society, exactly. towards whatever I can. So I have to be self-involved. If well, not- I think that self-involved is, is when you cross a particular barrier because evidently we're all looking out for number one. But somebody who's self-involved is somebody who disregards everything and everyone except for themselves. That's true. Yeah. Okay. There's, a, so- there's an extreme. So, so that's assuming that I'm already self-involved. So go fuck yourself. Uh, <laughs> fuck you, listener. Fuck you, listener, for assuming that I'm self-involved when I'm very charitable. So, um, it, so that's the answer. Fuck you. I mean, I mean, it's a weird question. I think I think there's a fine line between being self-involved and being no, I'm a with piece you of shit. Well, I mean, so. I agree with you that there's a certain amount of you have to think about yourself. That's. I, think, I have to look out for myself yeah, but I'm also going to look out for is. people that I love and care for so I think it, yeah, it goes well, both ways that's when it crosses the line when you yeah. stop caring about anyone else good question applies to Mark King so I'm going to put it back in the bowl <laughs> for the next episode yeah. hi I'm Tefera Jemian one of the hosts of Yeah a podcast on the Upford Network we're talking about young adult literature reviewing new releases, revisiting old classics, and exploring what the YA genre can teach us at any age. Join me and my co-host, Hannah Bailey, as we talk about friendships, dating, family relationships, sexuality, experiences of queerness, body politics, and more through the lens of our favorite YA novels, as well as books we're just discovering. The Yeah! Podcast, available through the Upford Network and on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and wherever else you find your podcasts. This is our book club, and you're in uh, I started doing all these things in high school, and then college took everything took away. Side like as soon as I hit college, and I think I think losing my virginity had to, a lot to do with it, where I stopped being so involved. But actually, no, I 
started my rap group when I was in when I was 16. So everything else to went by the wayside. No more hosting, no more anything. I actually wanted to be a rapper at that point. So 16, 17, um, you know, if I wasn't a rapper, I would have been a professional wrestler, honestly speaking. Like, mm. it wasn't even about... And you listen to guys like The Rock and everything, or, or Ric Flair. He's a fucking rapper, if yeah. anything. Yeah, Ric Flair point, is 100% a rapper. You know, to the point Do you regret where, not pursuing it, um, I wrestling? I don't regret much of those choices because at the end of the day here I am still alive kicking and I'm happy that I'm surrounded with you guys like I'm enjoying this process yeah. who knows like I, I feel like I would have pursued it like legitimately because I actually enjoyed it I had my own I had my own wrestling fed when I was 15 years old in my basement it was called BWO Basement Wrestling Organization <laughs> but I made a website for it I had all that going on like I took I took this shit legitimately yeah. like, seriously but I wasn't working at the time I didn't have money at the time so I had to talk to my parents and say, hey, can I join a wrestling school? Obviously, the answer is fucking no. <laughs> and they're like, we didn't come to this country for you to become a handicap for, from wrestling. We're like, no. Okay, we didn't cool. come to this country for you to participate in handicap matches, okay? Basically. What the fuck so, is a wrestling school? <laughs> no, no, but yo, like, my parents were fully in support of me enjoying wrestling. They got me all my figurines. They, fuck, uh, the Iron Sheik was like a national hero for us. <laughs> oh, shit, so being true. Persian, you know, so. Was that before or after he did the, the whole fuck way you in the ass before. part? <laughs> way before. What the fuck happened to Iron Sheik? He uh, like flew off the handle nope, toward the Iron end. Sheik is, is a genius because he's still relevant and he still does, he still gets memes going and he still does all that. Dude, he's actually much smarter than you think it is. He's not that crazy. You think he's like the 50 cent of professional Absolutely. wrestlers? <laughs> Absolutely, the 50 cent of professional wrestlers. Mm, I he's, like that. Iron Sheik is a is a is We like fifty cent on his program. I, I love fifty cent. I think I think he's he's a genius too. And what, like what, uh, Iron Sheik was legitimately a national hero. He was part of the Olympics. Hulk Hogan became Hulk Hogan because of the Iron Sheik. So like all that for me was like, okay, I could do that, you know, and I used to wrestle with my friends. I used to get hurt, but I loved it because I enjoyed wrestling. Um I made things happen differently. Like two years ago, I started becoming a ring announcer for wrestling shows. Oh, so, yeah. so you're into it. So you're in it regardless. It, I'm wearing a wrestling shirt right now. I went to New York to go watch a Japanese wrestling show at Madison Square Garden. That's amazing. I got like two off my bucket list right there. You know? So the next thing would have been me parting, being a part of it. But fuck, I'm five foot seven and a half, and I'm 155 pounds. Best believe that. The good Lord, if he's there, didn't make me physically capable to be a legitimate wrestler. You well, still, you could still it is fake, now. so. Pardon me? It is fake, so. Scripted. Exactly. Scripted. <laughs> so you could have made it. I was yeah. so <laughs> My guy is Jufre out in Toronto. He's a uh, he's very uh, important figure in my musical I love that name, by the way, Jufre. Yeah. He, uh, he, he he helped me record a bunch of music in my heyday when it was, it was like 2010, 2011. And uh, he eventually joined a Toronto professional wrestling league called well, Super Kid. Yeah, yeah, I know that league. Yeah. Uh, He's his, a wrestler? His name is, uh, I think, LD Brother Love. Okay. You, um, might have, you, might have, you may have heard of Long him. Long Big Brother Love. Exactly. Basically. Oh, Jesus shit. Christ. I didn't even Basically. put that together. What do you think the LD stands for? <laughs> what do you think? LD? I was like, whatever LD's it is. Usually, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna look into it. I, I don't know. Who I'm gonna is, put you guys in contact, man. That's, that's, that's my, that's my Ace Boon Coon, and um, and uh, can you yeah. say that word? I say what I want. Okay. Man. I've had, I've had people get into talks about their mental health issues 
from one chair to the other side of the barbershop. Like, bro, you good? Like, yeah, I, I, I go through this myself on a daily basis. And that just became a connection for that person. Like, he's like, okay, cool. I'm not alone in this. And I think at the end of the day, bro, I look, as something as ridiculous as male pattern baldness, okay? Uh, women don't really think about that very often. But that is a big, big, big thing for men. Yeah, no, I, yeah, it is. I've, I've realized that it is. Yeah. you see it more and more talked about. They, they're, they and, feel like they're losing their manhood. They yeah. feel like they're losing. And you got to find a way to boost that back while making them feel like, hey, dude, you're going to look with, with a shaved head. And you got to bring them towards that because that comb over doesn't look good. Yeah, you well, you I mean? are doing God's work with that one. <laughs> Seriously, do you want to look like Common or Donald Trump? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and dudes really do need that because they are yeah. not... They're they dying are, out here, man. They yeah, can't they're handle dying it. out here. Oh, man, we got, we got like 12 hairs on top holding down. Like It's not, it's not working out anymore. Can't handle it. And even to be the guy that says this doesn't look good, like you need to let it go, that's tough. Like they don't want to hear that. They oh, want to hear, no, no, it's cool. You, you're fooling them. You got it. I had a guy in my chair last week and he was my last appointment. And I saw what he was working with, and I started cutting his hair, and I really didn't really touch on it until the last client left. And when he left, I'm like, bro, I got to talk to you for real now. <laughs> like, I, like, nobody's around. It's me and you. I had my coworker there. I'm like, you're a good-looking dude. You're jacked, but this thing is not working out. I'm like, we got to work on it. So I actually worked on him. It, that haircut that should have taken 25 minutes, took about an hour and 15 and I gave him all that time and in the end he said go for it and I shaved his head and I lined him up and as a matter of fact with the lineup he actually looked, looked like, like he had a lot hair. more yeah. hair than he actually did and I'm like you're gonna turn this into a habit you're gonna come and see me more often we're gonna take care of you and it's gonna help you feel good yeah and if it keeps it a buck I showed up there with uh, looking like a fucking dandelion you know like the white ones with the with, with <laughs> like, exactly I was looking like that and I'm like yo I, 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 I'm, I'm like should I keep growing it in because I feel like maybe I might could and then Nevid turns to me and he's like maybe you might could be delusional my guy just go just go go down to point five, my guy and I was like god damn it Nevid you're fucking right just lace me up man yeah. yeah, no, they need to hear that, and that's like that's a tough thing to say. Most people just want to say, "Yeah, yeah, it's good." As I got a matter you. of fact, most barbers won't say. No, that's it. They just want to get paid. Like, you know, be it's happy. It's the symptom of the world. Everyone out there will yes you to death. The ones that don't are godsends, and you want to keep them close. Thank you. You know, like when I say it's not about the money, like yeah, I'm getting fucking paid right now. I'm not gonna lie, I'm getting paid, but I'm putting in work. I'm putting in a lot of work. Yeah, well, you should get fact, paid. Everybody. I got guys that come in once a week. And my guys that come in once a week, I told them, I don't want your tip anymore. Because they're working hard for that money. It's costing you already 100 bucks a month to get your hair done. As long as you're coming once a week, don't give me tip. I don't want your extra five. That extra five is going to be the gas that it's going to cost you to come here. That's my tip. You coming every week. Yeah. Okay? Everything, every week, huh? Every week. I got guys Damn. coming every week. I got Most come every two. So most, most of my clients come once a month. And that's their time. And I want to give them their time. Man. No matter how late I am, I'll give you your time. I'll give you all the time I need. Once a week, you're really up on that shit. Ah, yo, I lace them up right. Super crispy. <laughs> I lace yeah, them up right. crispy. Yeah, yeah, they're crispy. They're already very crispy. They're like, clean. Yeah, but they, they have trouble accepting the fact that the shit is not as clean a week later. Like, I'm like, yeah. bro, it still looks good. Like, I got people coming in going like, did he just get his hair? I'm like, no, he's coming for another one. It's like a... 
Yeah, it's probably psychological too. It just makes them feel good. Yeah, they just feel like done. Like, okay, I did it. 90% of my clients lick their lips after they're done. Like, it's ridiculous. (laughs) They get on that L Cool J right away. Yeah, they get get on their spice spice atoms. Spice atoms instantly. Uh Uh Man, my, my most problematic view is that every man should cut his own hair. That's How like is my, that a problematic that's not view? Because I really, it's kind of like you don't know how to change a tire. I actually kind of feel a certain way about your manhood. Like, I don't believe in the ideas of like manhood, this and that. I don't yeah. give a fuck. Yeah. But that's one of your maybe, problems. Maybe you, Those connected, two things I don't maybe like. you haven't connected with a barber on that level where it actually brought you more than just a haircut. No, probably because, not. Because Definitely for, me, not. for me, every one of my clients is not just a haircut. Yeah. I'm not going to be facetious about it. Not every one of my clients. Some of them, it is just the fucking haircut because I can't connect with all of them. <laughs> I cut fucking 90 to 100 people a week. Like, I cannot connect oh, yeah, with all yeah, of them. You'd be dreaming. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Like, like, yeah, you need like five USB hubs to connect with all of them. <laughs> you know what I mean? So uh, some of them, it's just like, yeah, okay, cool. Yeah, how was your week? Awesome. And that's, well, shout out to the USB hubs. Like that. Um, Did you get any cues in your emceeing from your professional wrestling like influence absolutely who who are your top Fuck. three i used to look i'm gonna bring this way back and this is like one of the things that uh still to this day i do i project what's gonna happen when i'm taking a shower mm. so i'll like envision whatever event that i'm about to host or whatever i'm supposed to do in front of a public i usually do it in the shower and project it so when I remember being 10, 11, 12 and like being in the shower going like, I'm the best there is, the best there was and the best there ever will be and doing like all the rocks catch races, doing Stone Cold, doing all of them and like mimicking their voices and like getting the, the cadence down and everything. Yeah. And still to this day, I see a lot of that. Like I'll wear wrestling shows to events because it puts me in that in that, that mind frame, space, you know, yeah. like yeah. it's that anything can happen mind frame. I'll actually show mm-hmm. you a picture after of me on stage at Mural Fest wearing a Stone Cold shirt. But I'm in front of the crowd on the guardrail looking into it. And the posture that I have is that of The Rock when he's standing on the top turnbuckle looking into the crowd. I know so exactly I can, what you're talking so about. You know what I'm referring to. He's like standing and he's like this. He's like kind of like yeah. elongated yeah, and like yeah, stretched outward. Yeah. 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 The neck and the back is aiming towards the crowd and just getting all that energy in. It's all very aerodynamic. For very sure. much so. And I mean, the talking, no. Uh-huh. The, the, but I mean, there's still guys like uh, Mean Gene Okerlund that's a huge influence mean in Gene. that, and you know the, the 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 sharpness, the quickness of him, and Jerry Lawler, Jerry Lawler, or, or Ric Flair, and that, yeah. that 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 charisma that he's able to exude from just holding the mic, not even talking yet. Yeah. And as a matter of fact, he wouldn't even hold it; he had somebody else hold my it. My favorite segments, my favorite out of all, like my favorite. Uh, WWF era was the uh, Attitude Era, of course, because it's the greatest era in professional wrestling. Eh. I looked at him and I'm like, what are you talking about? And he goes, he looks around him and he goes, 281. So for those who don't know, 281 is uh, a male strip club that is dedicated to women. And it's the oldest male strip club dedicated to women in Canada. And also the premier one where it's literally all women. It's a room of 400 women at a time uh, losing their fucking minds. So I looked at him like, you must be, you must be messing with me. He goes, no, I'm dead serious. We're looking for a, another MC. I said, okay. He goes, here, take, take my, my number. Here's my boss's number. Call her up. I went, like, the rest of the day, I'm laughing my ass off going, I'm not going to be working at 281. What the fuck? No. And I smoked my joint, and I'm thinking about my day, and I'm like, how... 
how cocky am I to be laughing in the face of the universe 24 hours after I ask for a job with a microphone in my hands and it's literally laid out in front of me. Yeah, yeah. So I called Annie the next day, Annie being the owner of Le, uh, of, uh, Le Deux Quatre Meilleurs. I call her up the next day and I didn't even have a voice because I would lost my voice from doing the festival, having no actual vocal training. I'm talking to her on the phone like, hi, I'm Navid, sorry for my voice, I just lost it from the fest, nah, nah, nah. And she goes, okay, no problem, man. Let's let's talk. We spoke for like ten minutes, and she laid out all the criterias, and it hit every single one of those things that I spoke about with my friend. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not gonna spit in the universe's face. I'm gonna go in, check it out. Let's see what it's like. So, a Saturday later, I show up at the club. It's 8 p.m. I spent that whole day just anxious and stressed out and I'm watching Magic Mike smoking a joint trying to figure out what the fuck I'm getting myself into walking at 8pm on a Saturday it's 8.15 by the time I get in and I'm getting goosebumps from the yells and the screams and the shrieks <laughs> of the women in that yeah. room this is like look uh, Mural was Mural Fest was the first two weeks of June this is um Let's say a week or two after, uh, a week later, realistically, because I still don't have a voice. So this is mid-June. This is like prime time season for bachelorettes, right? Yeah. It's yeah. 8.15 when I walk in there. This room is packed. Packed to the gills. There's 400 women there. There's a lineup of another 100, 150 outside. And they're all screaming. And I'm like, this is louder than ever, anything I've ever seen in my life. And I had to sit down there, have a, have a drink of Jameson and just watch it and take it all in. And when it was time for to do my audition, they said, take the microphone, go on stage, introduce yourself, let us know why you should be the next MC at 281, and you're going to be running the show for the next 30 minutes. I'll tell you what the guys' names are, you're just going to announce them. Keep in mind, I had no voice. So I went on stage and I said, my name is Navid, I'm an MC. I don't have a voice right now, but the voice doesn't matter, it's the energy that counts. So I'm going to give you guys everything I have, you give me what you got, and let's have fun. For the next 30 minutes, let's, throw, let's make a party in this place. And that's what happened. So for the next 30 minutes, actually hour and a half, they let me run on a Saturday night without knowing what the fuck I'm doing. And little did I know, they had already met like 15 other MCs. People that came off of cruises, people that came off of club meds, people that came out of l'école internationale de l'humour, people that were like on TV. And I'm the one that got hired with no voice. So I knew I had to do that. Is that this summer or last that summer? That was 2015. Oh, fuck. Okay. Yeah, that was 2015. Okay. And I worked there for three years. I left. And actually, when I got hired, uh, when I started two weeks later, uh, the other MC said, dude, you're going to be here for 10 years. You're not going to get... You will never get... You will never make as much money and get it as much pussy as in this place. And I looked at him and I said, I'm not going to be here for more than three years. And he said, why not? Because I said, this is not real life. I cannot establish a balance of life based on this. So I need to make my money, get my experience, and bounce. This is a training ground. This is like a gym for me. Yeah, it also brought a lot of darkness. So like, uh, I'm very grateful for that, for that experience because I got highs, I got a lot of lows, and I got really, really high. So it's without, like without uh, prying too much. Oh, pry, can, pry, can, you, can you well share what what, do you, what 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 were the what were the highs and what were the lows? Um, the highs was cocaine, MDMA, and like speed and other drugs. Okay. So yeah, and the lows no, were the, the come down from and that. the come downs. But <laughs> la- no, realistically speaking, man, it was um, the highs was. Yo, that first year, because there's um, there's a there's like a welcoming tradition where you have to dance on stage, mm-hmm. and in those first four months, 
like I became like loved by the girls at the club because I was a thousand times nicer than the other guy and I was actually giving them the time and I was giving them attention and I remembered their names and I wanted to make them feel special and that's what I did at Golux that's what I do pretty much anywhere I'm at I want people to feel special I want you to enjoy this moment because we can't get this back so let's make this memorable and when I did that dance on stage and like I made $80 in six minutes from all the girls lining up to give me fives and tens and twenties and like throw me money and shit like that. I was like, okay, this is really, really dope. Like I was feeling high <laughs> on myself, you know, I'm like, okay, um, I am making money. I'm getting yeah. late. I'm having a really good time <laughs> in this place. And to be able to transfer that energy to the crowd on a regular basis, three times a week, that first year was magical. And then the lows started happening. Then it start, I started getting blasé about it, and it started getting repetitive. And I didn't have as much freedom as I did to run the show the way I did. And then from there, um, I started barbering. So, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll answer that because um, there, there, are two, there are two factions. Uh, I think it was Clinton Sparks. Clinton Sparks, many wow. years ago, wow. said... Wow. Uh, Get familiar. Wow. Yeah, exactly. Wow. Exactly. Who the fuck name drops Clinton Sparks in 2019? <laughs> Jesus that's who. Christ. So Clinton Sparks once said, if you don't go to the barbershop, you're not an 80s baby. He decided to proclaim loud. 80s baby. Yeah, exactly. Wow. He's like, because the 80s Wasn't baby. Wasn't he white? Huh? Wasn't he white? I don't yeah, know yeah. what kind of ethnic makeup Clinton Sparks is. <laughs> Jewish, I with bet. A, yeah, with a, first, with a name like Clinton. Unless you're Parliament Funkadelic, you were not. You were, yeah, you're, 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 you're. But in any case. So, or he might be some sort of Porter Rock. I don't know. But in any case, he goes and he proclaims loud and proud, if you don't go to the barbershop every two weeks, if you do your own lineup, you are not an 80s baby. That's some old head shit. Uh, and so... Uh, I don't disagree. I, it is. I don't disagree. <laughs> That's yeah. true. But uh, but to, to what Mike is saying, it's 100% like, yo, you're a grown-ass man and you're still using clip-on tie, my guy. Yeah, but... Lace yourself. Learn to lace yourself. Because here's the thing, right? I exercise the best of both worlds because I'll go and get Navid to lace me up, but then I'll go... I'll be able to... Because I'm a hirsute type of guy. Okay, thank you. uh, I'll be able to maintain the shape up and the lineup, and I'll be able to, like, you know, just figure my shit out until next month. Most people fuck up their own shape up, though. So, like, like, let's be real. i rather... If you're not that experienced as a barber, i rather you don't touch anything... And come and check me out. Yeah. See, like, it's one thing if you're dropping a Does number. Does that happen a lot? Like, people trying to fix their shit and bro, fucking it bro, up? Bro, bro, bro. <laughs> I've, I spend more time educating my clients than anything by letting them know how to take care yeah, of it. Yeah. For example, if I line you up with a beard, grab the blade, bring it to the line, and bring it up. Don't bring the blade down to yeah, the line yeah. that I made because you're going to fuck it up. Yeah, mm. of course. Okay, got all, people show up with a beard that comes up to, like the lips and then they come back three weeks later and it's down to the chin like it's a chin strap and I'm like you just fucked everything up I've been putting in work dude and you just fucked everything up now the thing that I want to say is it's one thing doing a number one all around the side of your head like for example Mike I see it you got the top long yeah Yeah, yeah. right you barely touch the top nah yeah exactly ever yeah, like exactly. maybe once a year you might cut the tips. If, if if okay, but the size you don't you're not fading yourself really. You might exactly. taper you might taper the corners. And that's one thing. Now not keep in most. mind, I got like half of my clientele is guys that work in offices. They're not going to grab a number one or a number two and just do the side of their head and come into work looking ridiculous. Yeah, that's true. You know what I mean? They come in in their suits on their lunch breaks to come and get laced up. 
because A, it's part of the experience, and B, you want it done by a professional. And I am a professional. Well, I've been as cutting. soon as a fade is involved, you have to go see a barber. Basically, because like, unless you could do it oh, yourself. You, you learn how to do it. Could, you, could you fade yourself? Here's the thing. Like my man Shashu, right? Shashu's been cutting his own hair. For years, he's been cutting his own hair. I haven't. I used to do the number one on the side when I had to. Okay, yeah. But two weeks ago, I had to run into throw to work, and and Lisa, one of my friends, had an emergency, and but it was my only day off in two weeks, and I was at home and I was smoking up, and he was like, "Yo, can you come in?" I'm like, I got, "I'm running some errands," but I was like, "High as fuck." Hey guys, he goes, "Dude, I really gotta get this done. It's 4:30." I'm like, "Fuck it." I went to work. I did him. I'm still high by the time I'm done with his haircut. I looked at myself, going, "Shit, I haven't got, my, I got a haircut in a month." And I put my phone up on a holder, hit record. So I'm like, if I fuck this up, at least I got footage. <laughs> Grab a number two, and I'm like, let's at least start with that. And I started cutting my own hair. And an hour later, I was done. And that I is a YouTube tutorial that I would 100% <laughs> yeah. sit through. Hey, YouTube, I'm going to lace myself up well, now. As a matter of fact, there's a, ton of, there's a ton of barbers that actually give tutorials on how to do self-cuts. Like wow. actual legitimate solid barbers teaching how to do self-cuts. That's tough. The, big, the biggest, biggest mindfuck is holding a mirror in front of a mirror it's and just trying hard to figure out fuck. how to flick my hand in order to, yeah. to fade the back of my hand. Angles, when, when, I, when, when I, you see this, I line this up. This is me holding my iPhone word, on word. In, in selfie mode, staring in the in the bathroom mirror. So I'm like this, looking at the mirror, yeah, most and my other have. hand is holding the, 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 the Gillette Fusion. And That's I'm hilarious. I'm, I'm really doing this. I'm really living. <laughs> show, show, you gotta show me the lineup after we're tough. It's yeah, yeah, no, no, it's bad. It's bad. <laughs> yeah, that nightlife is what kills you, though. That's what kills Working it. at night is not good for a long time. It got heavy. Yeah. It got really, really heavy because I was doing 22 hour days on Thursdays. Yeah. I'd wake up at 7, go to the barbershop. Say 22? Yeah. So I would wake up at 7 and get home at 5 a.m. Oh. That's a 22 hour day right there. No, I did that for about a year to a year and a half. So, regardless of consumption and drug intake, just that alone is going to weigh you down. There's no way to go around that. Yeah, yeah, but course. it's also the only way to do it is through drug consumption. It's not the only way, but it became my only way. I think it became, it's the only way. It yeah. became my way of, yeah, of getting through it. Yeah. yeah, because I, when I would get to, to the club, I didn't have the motivation to keep going. Mm. I just did ten hours. Like I don't feel like yeah. this shit. But now I'm starting my weekend stretch. Now, thank God, like I didn't have to work Friday and Saturday at the at the barbershop, but I did work on Sundays. So I had to I had to pick myself up. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And it went from you know little touch, little this, little that, to becoming a lot. And it became a lot. And I had to learn how to fight the need. Like your question about the weed. I had to fight my needs and learn how to, A, love emceeing and hosting again. Because yeah. I, I stopped loving it. I, I was doing it as a job. And like I said about the podcast, yeah. I do something as a job, I start disgu- I, I, I start despising it. And that became the, the thing. But I still needed to make some money. So I wasn't ready to quit. So I said either I, I, I sober myself up in the environment, learn how to do my job again, sober, or I quit. And I actually sobered up. And that allowed me to go for another six months, stack up, and thank God, because now I was sober and I wasn't spending the money on drugs. So I stacked up a bit, and right around that time, my boss, Pasquale, looks at me and goes, uh, David, uh, we're opening a second shop in a few months. 
quit the club. I need you to be my manager, which I did. And yeah. if anything saved my ass, it was him. Like at that point, to just get me completely out of there. You think you think you really think that that's uh, that that it, that it was a, a, a save? Like you, you think that you were gonna be lost in in the perdition that comes with uh, if with the nobody nightlife? gave me the opportunity to become the barber that I knew I could become, and to give me the time at a time when I wasn't very good, and to see me with my flaws and with my bags under my eyes and still say, keep pushing. Uh, it's him. Like I, I, I'm eternally grateful to this man. To, like, you know, it, it goes way back. Like he gave me my first opportunity as a rapper when I was 16 years old. Wow. He threw a party at Castello Amato to raise money for prom. Fucking Castello. Yeah, man. Jesus and fucking Christ! You just threw me all the way back to the back. fucking east side. Although, also, like, shout out to barbers. Ethnic barbers holding it down until white people came back and took it again. Oh, you mean the uh, you mean the barbers <laughs> at Franken Oak? <laughs> oh yeah, they have a barber place now. No, but I mean like 2014, 2015, it became trendy again for people to become barbers. And yeah, of course. Like as soon as white people started getting fades, it was over. Yeah, <laughs> it was over. You know, I got people coming in with like pictures of uh, cuts from the show Peaky Blinders, and oh I'm like. My God. And I'm like, <laughs> that's funny. I'm like, can I hit it? Can I add a fade to it, or do we just like zero up to the top? Like, what am I doing exactly? Because those yeah. motherfuckers didn't fade back then. Yeah. They didn't have the techniques to do it, and they didn't even think that was a thing. So, like, basically, barber. A lot of barbers today are who ten years ago would have became tattoo artists, and fifteen years ago would have became actual like chefs. Yeah, these are th- th- there's trades that come back in in in. In just popping. They're just popping for the moment. But the beauty of it is I'm seeing trades coming back. And that's like something that's that's brilliant for the next generations where it doesn't yeah. become a thing of you have to go get higher education for this. Yeah, yeah. To make a living and be happy. Uh, last words came around. Any last words? My last words. Thank you. I love you, Navid. Yo, I love you too, My fucking bro. guy. Because, Thank you for coming through. Yo, okay. let me just say, at the same time as like that talk was a reality check for you, yours was one for me too because image was a lot Perfect. for me before that. So shout out to you oh, for shit. keeping it real with me and shout out to myself for having the balls to lick it and say, bro, you don't like me, why? Yeah. And that, you know what? I think it comes down to just being honest and open with each other as human beings because we're all in the same Communicating. bullshit. We're all in the same yeah. bullshit differently. So let's help each other out by experiencing each other's experiences and allowing ourselves to grow because like I said we have a lot of time but it goes by fast so last words thank that's you that's his last words nice do you got any? no I don't think so <sighs> okay uh, <laughs> my last words are check us out on uh, iTunes subscribe uh, rate and review uh, listen to the playlist on Spotify or YouTube just look up Lasers on the Ride season 2 You'll find it. Yo, thanks for having me, guys. Seriously, this was dope. No, I really, thanks, thank man. I, I love the chemistry, and it all makes sense. Oh, nice. So, thank you. Thank you. Thank, thank you guys for having thank me. Thank you for the feedback. And Mario, thanks for telling me I had to do this. Thank you for coming <laughs> through, man. And uh, I'm going to book a session on Saturday because I got to get I gotta get laced for my born day. Can't Boom. Be, I can't be... I can't be you know, entering my formal mid-30s looking like a fucking scraggly motherfucker. Nice. And you're getting a free birthday cut, so come through, bro. I got you. And whoever wants to hit me up, check me out at Simply Navid on Instagram. It's simply N-A-V-I-D. Or go to shitpasquallybarber.com and book an appointment, man. Come and see me. Hit me up, DM. You want to book me for whatever the fuck for your bar mitzvah? Let me know. 
He does bar mitzvahs. He'll lace your fucking hair. <laughs> he might even you. do. He might even do your bachelorette party if you act right. Yeah. I, I for the right price, yeah. Finally, you two get to have a podcast episode too. Yeah. Let's not forget that. After all these years, and you fucking up that first one. We do. <laughs> we actually. <laughs> we got it back, bro. We got it back. We got one back. Thank you. Thanks again. Man. Peace.